This is Prophecy Zone Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud. With power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass. Then look up and lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello, welcome to the Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong. We have an awesome guest joining us today. We have James Sunquist. Uh, he is the writer of Who's Driving the Purpose Driven Church. Uh, Mr. Sunquist is a uh, founder of the Rock Salt Publishing. He was the founder of another music music musical um, production company where he was the executive producer, composer, guitarist, and develop or developer of health maintenance. Compliance software well, for such clients as Sony, Nordic Track, and Prevention Magazine. Uh, uh, this uh, brother um, was on um, Susan Posey's Prophetic News, um, and he and I've also watched him on various YouTube video, uh, which are very very inf- informative. Sorry for the. Uh, uh, hesitation <laughs> when I was reading that I had got my uh, attention off focus for so, for a second um, I uh, started looking into Rick Warren off and on a couple, for the last couple of months and um, I'm going to stay on the surface for myself because I have somebody here to fill you guys in on uh, the meat but uh, the wool is over the eyes of the church member. And um, a lot of people believe that uh, attendance, perfect attendance, or attendance at church will bring you into the pearly gates. Um, and then a lot of people believe that they need a message. I need a message. I mean, I don't, I just need a message, and it has to be positive message, and the message has to stay positive. If it, if it ruffles my feathers, I need to leave this church and find another church. Um, but these people find out later that in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, when it says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it cuts, and it, sh- and it figures man out. Let's just put it blank. blank. It figures it, it figures man out because God is the creator and Jesus is the word. So he's already figured man out. I mean, he knows he don't have to figure nothing out. He knows men. So, uh, for, so for somebody to say that, uh, we're going too far 
when we present uh, Rick Warren or we present, um, and we're going to talk about this tonight, or if we present uh, Robert Schuler, or if we present even um, a lot of people don't like to touch this, but Billy Graham, um, lately, we present all of these individuals as preaching something that's false. Uh, we do ruffle feathers. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to bring our guests on. So please uh, sit back and relax and enjoy. We'll be right back. You're entering the prophecy zone where truth will be reviled. You're entering the zone where truth is more stranger than fiction. You're entering the zone where you'll find that good is evil, blue is red, black is white, and truth alive. You're entering the zone where you'll find that every human is in a race of his or her soul, and truth is more stranger than fiction. Wars. The mark of the beast, Israel, the European super state, the rapture of the church, and more. Don't be afraid to enter the zone, the prophecy zone. <laughs> I just got to read them an email. Oh my. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture at American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. America's habit forming. Status habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. James L. Sundquist. Oh, 
is not me. Uh, oh, I got carried away on Google. I got carried away downloading to my computer and then uploading to Blog Talk Radio, so I'm no sorry problem. about that. Easy enough mistake, um, and I uh, <laughs> just wanted to clarify that for you and your Crazy. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll take, make sure I take that one down. Thank you. Oh, man. So, um, You're a prophet, but uh, apparently we won't be stoning you then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. In that case, there'll be a lot of dead folks around in America. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so grateful to meet you through uh, Susan Puzio, who's just been so gracious. And yeah. Love being on her show. Yeah. We're going to do another one tomorrow, uh, Saturday with her. Yeah. Praise God. That sounds good. That sounds good. So let me have, let me hear some uh, about your testimony. How how you got started um, uh, into um, doing God's work of revealing, opening up people's eyes. How did you? What's your testimony? Well, it, I had to start out with being saved first, and mm-hmm. and that goes back to about third grade. Yeah. And I had gone to one of these evangelistic crusades. I can't remember the name of the guy. It was out in Eugene, Oregon. And and I was just completely uh, smitten by the, by the gospel. And, and it wasn't long. And I uh, went up in the front of the Baptist church I had, was growing up in, um, which uh, later on became a church that was... Uh, pastor was Jack MacArthur, who's the father of John MacArthur. He uh-huh. passed away, and he became yeah. pastor there when around the time I um, I was in the army in Germany. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'll give you a little context there. And uh, So then in uh, fourth grade, I, I got baptized. So that was about to what, how an old one would be about uh It'd be about was it nine or ten years old, right? At that point, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and so that's more than fifty years ago. I won't tell you how more than that. <laughs> 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 uh, and so I I've been in music a lot growing up. I was trained in on the piano, and uh, later on took on the guitar. And now I teach guitar. I have two albums of uh, classical guitar, one of sacred hymns for classical guitar, which you can hear samples of or, and obtained, by the way, on our perfectfeastplan.com website. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was inspired to do the hymns and in, in carols because I toured in concert a number of years. I'm jumping ahead, but mm-hmm. uh, toured in concert. And in some of the places, I played everything from uh, prisons to bowling alleys, Churches, um, uh, mental institutions, and I'd gone into a rest home, and they were not really relating to the more contemporary modern songs that I was doing. They were original songs I'd written, and they were scriptural, but uh, the older people weren't relating, and so I, I was just grasping a straw, so I started to kind of slug out some chords and try to did, do some hymns, and I thought that could uh, relate to and mm-hmm. sure enough they did they started singing along and rocking in their rocking chairs and so I got inspired to actually record them uh, and make arrangements for the classical guitar and 
and uh, that led to ultimately one for Christmas carols and one for for uh, hymns for classical guitar. And uh, so, but I was a little jumping ahead of the game a little bit. Uh, yeah. So uh, I when I really was I was a Christian a number of years, and I believed in the major doctrines. That I it was still a long time before I I got involved in ministry, but the first one was music ministry, which I did down in California. I did an album for for Pat Boone's record label, Lamb and Lion Records. It was my first record album. And I had gotten work down there working for advertising agencies and mm-hmm. commercials. Probably some of you maybe remember the Woodsy Owl, Keep America Clean. Uh-huh. It was the, really the... Uh, the Smokey the Bear was the first sort of the environmental uh, national network commercial, and I think uh-huh. uh, the Woodsy Owl thing was more about keeping America clean. Uh, became the, the second national one, and I was not. I'm not really a, a Green Party person. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I'm a conservationist, but I'm not an environmentalist. If there's a, such a distinction, and I think of conservation from a biblical stand, standpoint. Uh, and so I did that for a good part of of my life, and then it made that album, and I toured all over the country in all churches and most denominations. I, I did in concert. So mind you, I, I tell you this because I feel a little like Moses, who who was just trucking along for forty years, uh-huh. uh, not really doing anything uh, that would even show up on the on the uh, scriptural radar, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so how I got involved with discernment ministry did not start out with, I thought, well, when I grow up, I'm going to become a discernment minister. <laughs> uh, it really happened, a, a series of events, uh, uh, it started out with some uh, uh, things that were going on with some friends of mine that were, we felt too sympathetic toward the, uh, homosexual movement they were out in California and I so I wrote and confronted him and went through all the scriptures uh, about that in Romans mm-hmm. and you know all they probably talked about them okay. and uh, and they they were uh, really not open to hear about that okay. uh, and so that was my first first writing in discernment and it was with nothing about being on a national scale or books or anything uh, and what that led to later on was uh, uh, I got involved with an interest in creation and evolution subject. Uh, and so I worked with, I uh, helped uh, Dr. Jack Quaza, who wrote um, a book on Neanderthals. He was a, a dentist for, an orthodontist mm-hmm. for, uh, for like 30-some years, and he went into the, and actually x-rayed some of the skulls of the Neanderthals in France with his x-ray equipment and was able to determine that the the pictures and the photos that were used, uh, they had tampered with the skulls to make them look like uh, that we evolved from apes, you know? Yeah. And so he was able to take the jaws and put them in their proper condyle position in the jaws and then, re, and then re-x-rayed them and showing that they... Uh, how that they they were tampered with, 
to make it look uh, like we would uh, evolve somehow. And so he uh, wrote that book. So I got even more excited about that. And then I worked with, uh, uh, I did a project with Dr. Danny Faulkner. Uh, he's a Christian astronomer. And, and Dr. Kent Hovind, uh, and they flew me down to ask, just have me comment on a video between um, a debate that Kent Hovind had with Dr. Hugh Ross, who's a Christian astronomer who believes in the local flood and has a host of other problems. Uh, and so we just watched the debate, and then we'd stop the tape, and then we'd both comment uh, on the problems with it, and so it became a series, uh, I think it's the name of it, called uh, Earth, Young or Old, a debate between Dr. Ken Hoven and, and Dr. Hugh Ross, and then we, uh, uh, Danny Faulkner, myself, we would stop and comment, and Ken Hoven would, and then that became released. But that, that still was the earlier days, but I had not yet gotten dove in deeply into you know going into the front lines of battle and spiritual warfare that was going on with the hijackings of churches yeah and denominations around the country so it was a kind of a process and during that and going back a little in time too when I did the documentaries uh, the the Christmas and the hymns album um, I wrote documentaries on the history of hymns and carols and inserted them, and I produced one of them for national, or both of them for national public radio, and they aired the history of them. And my motivation would be different, of course, than national public radio. I wanted to just kind of reinforce the gospel and the and how important these the texts were, the lyrics to these were in the, in terms of the of our faith and mm -hmm. Christian faith, and so I, I produced those documentaries that, and they aired those, and then of course my guitar playing was involved in integrated in those productions. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was getting more and more writing ability, um, and as I toured, I got more speaking ability from per, per, performing a concert. But I, I did concert ministry for uh, 20, 30 years, and I was not doing what you would call uh, front-line spiritual warfare kind of battle. Uh, uh, I, to some extent, you might say that I was, because I, I wrote songs about the end times and wrote allegories about Revelation, um, and I wrote uh, songs uh, either directly from Scripture about the end times, or I would write lyrics that were parables and things. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and that, that's what... I wrote in some part my first album on Lamb and Lion Records, which is called Freedom Flight. I worked yeah. with Paul Stuckey, who uh, was before that had been a part of Peter, Paul, and Mary. I'm sure your listeners remember them. I mm -hmm. uh, worked a little with Larry Norman um, in helping me produce that first album, and it went on Pat Boone's label. And, and I was doing those songs, and I was part of, I guess you could say, part of the Jesus movement to some extent. Yeah. Uh, Keith Green and I uh, used to go out with some people out in California at the prisons um, and, and witness and talk to the inmates and sing praise songs and, and just sit down there on the cement 
and I work with Wendell Burton. Uh, some of you may know I wrote a song, Free and Easy, with him. I'm kind of bouncing all over a little bit, Phil. No, you're fine. Keep going. <laughs> totally as focused as this show could be, maybe. Uh, yes. But it's 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 an it's a it's a it was a whole a process. Uh, you know, I was writing, but God really shifted the gears with me. I changed my writing. I haven't written a song as such in uh, I don't know several or ten years. Uh, and the cha- he changed things because I think part of it had to do with with the need. Uh, sorry about the interruption. Uh, we've got cell phones around here. I'm, I'm yeah. just going to let that ring and hopefully okay. it stops. Uh, I apologize. That's all right. It should be done any minute now. Uh, there, we're done. Uh, all right. And uh, I am sorry that, and of course, I'd go for two hours and it wouldn't ring, but except I'm one yeah. on one. So. Uh, um, and so the, uh, the, the churches we were going to, uh, uh, more and more conversations were going on about how they could re- uh, reach unchurched Harry and Mary, and so they were bringing in these materials to change the, the way church was completely done. And and to some of the extent, I wasn't too upset about it because I just thought, well, they're just trying to, you know, reach the lost and and win in Rome be as the Romans, and they, you know, and trying to adjust to uh, meet the, the lost world out there. Uh, uh, but so some of them brought these these books and materials to me and asked me what I thought and I and I said well I'll, I'll look into it um, and I'll back, get back to you so that led to my first writing really that was confronting and challenging the church growth movement Willow Creek um, Empire and later on the Rick Warren and so in those that first writing in that area. And, of course, at this point, I'd become more and more skilled as a writer. So my initial writing was, was writing commercials, which I'd write just a few, you know, several words of copy. You have 28 and a half seconds to write, tell a story. So there's the, the amount of total number of words in your uh, in your commercial are not very many words. Uh, yeah. We would battle in a... In a uh, Advertising agency. When I worked for Ogilvy and Mather, they'd sit in a conference room, and 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 they'd go to battle uh, with a, you know, maybe a dozen people in there, and, and arguing over and and hammering down and refining to just to come up with eight words of copy that would be a slogan for for their campaign um, for a particular product. So mm-hmm. you have different levels of writing, you've got writing that's going to be a, a handful of words, it's going to be a slogan or a motto, then you, then you have the next level up in the length of writing that would be commercials, that would be enough words to fill the, the text for 28 and a half seconds or 58 seconds commercial. Yeah. Uh, and then the next level up in length would be uh, when I'd be writing songs that would be would run three to several minutes. Um and then it got longer when it would become articles. Um, the documentary was was uh, maybe 26 pages on the on the hymns and the carols and things. Uh, 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 brief articles I would write that would be one pages and things. So I, um, the Lord was refining my skills more and more. But what really really caught me on fire was was 
was when uh, he had me put in somewhat of an adversarial role. Uh, I didn't pick the fight, but <laughs> when I dug deeper into these materials that were being brought into the church, uh, the worse it got, Philip. And and I, I said, where to where? I so I told everybody now. I said, before you bring a program into your church, uh, look for the root system. Uh, yeah. Go down to the root system, find out where do these ideas come from. Um, nothing new under the sun, you know, as Solomon would say. Mm-hmm. And, and so that the first uh, article that I wrote addressing the teachings of uh, Willowbrook uh, and Bill Hybels, and and so I went in and uh, <laughs> I look back now, and a lot of those problems were tamed by comparison to. Uh, the free fall of apostasy, and uh, you know your name of your show is the Prophecy Zone, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a great name. And and if you someone were to ask you, what is the main topic in uh, the Prophecy Zone? Well, the first would be obvious. You'd say, well, it's fulfilled prophecy. Uh, yeah. Um, but another way of answering that is simply saying, well. Uh, if you look through the Bible, what what are the main things that are discussed if you go through the entire Old and New Testament? And what you'll come up with is most of the books of the Bible are devoted to uh, articulating uh, false teachings, yeah. uh, judging the false teachings, and then uh, the judgments that would come by following them. Yeah. And this happens from Genesis all the way through Revelation. Yeah. So, one of the main themes, and people say, why are you always negative? Can't you talk about something positive for a change? And I said, well, I basically talk about what the Bible talked about. Uh, and 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 so, one of the main themes of prophecy uh, is basically just uh, uh, articulating that this is what one teacher states, and this is what the Bible states. You just line them up, A, B, comparison. You know, we used to, uh, uh, music speakers would come out with, not, everyone wanted to know if they had the hottest stereo. So they put up a different kind range of speakers and different brands, and you put them up there, and you A, B, the comparison. Uh, and so that model I used to compare, I'd line up all this long string of what Rick Warren would teach, and then I said, okay, now what does Scripture teach? Just line them up uh, one after another. Uh, and so uh, I did that over time, and uh, uh, as when my books came out, my first book is called uh, was not about directly about Bill Hybels or the Willow Creek uh, teachings. It was uh, the first article in sermon was about that, but my first book turned out to be a, a, about Rick Warren, and that once again happened because churches that we had attended were wanting were either already using or they wanted to bring in his materials and books. Uh, and when they brought them to me, it was not as though if if I said we can't use them, that they would necessarily listen to me or did I have the authority or power to stop them from doing it. As yeah. It turned out a number of churches we went to, we left because we didn't have the authority to stop them, but we weren't going to become accomplices either. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so... That um, the process led to the first book, and then after it went out, uh, then Rick Warren came out with his Global Peace Plan. Uh, and so I followed suit, and my second book 
discusses his global peace plan, and uh, and it's called uh, Rick Warren's Global Peace Plan versus yeah. Teachings on Peace. Yeah, we, um, me and my wife attended a church here. I won't mention the name, but uh, we were doing pretty fine in the church. We thought we found us a new home. We were settled in. We were doing, you know, good preachers preaching pretty, you know, okay. But um, I noticed um, that uh, when I go to church now, after being in the military and being able to go to different churches, so many different churches, and um, and then after I got out of the military, heck, I've been to like seven churches since then. That was since 2007. And uh, I, I kind of put them on a litmus test. And the first test is, um, are they preaching the true gospel? Of course, that's the main uh, uh but that's the main test, the death, burial, and resurrection. But then there's other tests. For instance, uh, I was having problems with this preacher because he wouldn't preach against sin. He wouldn't bring it up. He wouldn't tell me not to go here or there. Now, some people probably say, well, do you need somebody to actually tell you you don't you you can't do this or that? Yeah, yeah actually, you're, yeah, you're technically right. I should go read the Bible for myself, which I do. But... If I'm going to follow up on a preacher, please preach to me the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then tell me what, preach to me as if I'm going to be a human being and go out and do something stupid. Tell, you know, preach it to me. Preach what Jesus said. If I'm, you know, uh, uh, don't go out and seek money. Don't put money first. Uh, You put money first. You got problems. I mean, tell me negatives. I mean, or else it's not a true gospel to me. If you don't, if you're not telling, because the world does not work with, uh, you know, singing Kumbaya. You ain't going to always sing Kumbaya. You're going to have the time as a preacher to tell somebody you need to get out of there. You need to stop doing this. You need to quit doing that. Uh, the Bible is not about the, the gospel is not about do's and don'ts. That's not what I'm saying. But the the but we need to obey the gospel. Right. And, uh, the law complying with the law will never save us, yeah. and it won't yeah. even sanctify us, and it yeah. certainly glorify us. Uh, and we'll fall short of the glory, no matter who we are. Only Jesus Christ was perfect, and. And so that's that's the standard. But we it isn't a matter of well we'll we'll do all these things, all of these principles, and that if we can just uh, do enough works that will stack up, that will hopefully God will be pleased and let us into heaven. Um, because if I if I wrote a thousand books uh, and ministered to all these people and gave to the poor and even did it lovingly. Uh, it, and, and put them on a balancing scale. All these books and works and mu- uh, music productions and concerts and uh, and then put them on one one scale. And then on the other side of the scale, uh, just put one sin where I say I when uh, I defiled uh, one person's um, temple in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all of those works. 
put them all in the scale and keep putting them on there, the scale will not tip to balance yeah. from just the one cent. Yeah. Um, I could never catch up. I could never mm-hmm. close the gap. Uh, but in Christ, the the, the works. Uh, well, the, let the Lord weigh whatever their worth will be. I, I'm always amazed that when we go to heaven, He said that we He's going to give us our reward. And, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, what reward would that be? He's my my reward. Reward, yeah. I do yeah. to get one. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. That is true. That's why we got to throw the our crowns at his feet. If you know uh, that that church that I attended uh, slowly but surely uh, pulled out Rick Warren's uh, seventy forty days. Well, they have forty days of love, yeah. um, and I guess Rick Warren has seventy days. days. Yeah, forty days, Some, 40 days yeah. of love, and then forty days of community. And uh, <clears throat> well, go ahead, and I'll comment. So that's how we knew right away that, hey, uh, but we still gave it some time. Uh, nothing happened to a point where, you know, you know, someone came out and just strictly said something. Now, the church prior to that, we had our problems also. Um, so, uh, the, you know, some people probably say, well, you can't go and jump from church to church. Yes, I can. Um Especially when the church, the, the, the church prior to that told me that we are Christ, we we can be, you know. We, we, I mean, and I asked them, I said, "What do you mean? Well, are you mean that we are of Christ? No, we are Christ." And then he tries to show me in the Bible <laughs> we are Christ. So, getting, I said, the, yeah, I said those two just to let you know that I I I I feel you as when you talk. Um, I understand where you're coming from because I I've been to and I'm I'm just leaving a lot out. That's just that's just a little bit of of what I've been through. So so now we can actually go and um so you know I have a little taste of uh, experience of <laughs> myself personal experience of being under a church like um, Rick Warren's uh, or at least close to it using his analogy and letting them sneak in letting the wolf sneak in slowly. And taking over your church theology, but um, why why do you suppose uh, uh, these guys are able? And I know I probably know your answer, but why you why you suppose these guys are able to to come in stealth and take over a church whole theology? Well, you think that I would blame all of these leaders that have done it, but I really don't initially blame them, Philip. Because any Christian that was reasonably grounded in the Word of God mm-hmm. even had a cursory um, understanding of the Scriptures and, of course, B, obeyed them, uh, would be able to uh, flush out or sniff out the, uh, these people as frauds. Uh, my wife, bless her heart, does not pretend to be a biblical scholar. Uh-huh. But she was one that would read the Bible through, you know, the, through the Bible, uh, yeah. got on the Bibles. And yeah. I don't read that kind because I, I grew up on the one where they're all in order and kind of yeah. where I know where everything is. Uh-huh. Uh, and But she has one that has it uh, sequentially through the year, and they mix the Old and New Testament together. And, and 
So uh, God bless her for doing that, and a lot of people like that, and that's fine. Uh, uh, But anyway, she would, just by doing that every year, you can imagine after, like, say, six years, she would have gone through the entire Bible entirely Mm -hmm. uh, every year, so she would have gone through it six times total. Yeah. So when she would read, um, I would try to have her read the same things that I would read, if, if, particularly if I'm going to write about it, because she's she's a great editor and and uh, <laughs> I don't want to say she's a great restrainer, but she <laughs> she uh, you know think before you hit the click the send button on your emails, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if I'm on the radio, <clears throat> and. Uh, thousand people or however many listening, I could stumble and mislead yep. uh, that many people because she said people listen to you and I get them to do what, what I say, then I've stumbled all those people or I've borne false witness maybe. And so I, I get this attack all the time that I've, <laughs> I, I, I'm um, I'm slandering and bearing false witness and I say, well, first of all, to, to, to slander, I have to, it has to be untrue. Mm-hmm. Um so I I put the challenge out there. You and I have a disclaimer now in all my writing. They said, if you can show me chapter and verse where I have borne false witness against a brother, um, I will be want to be the first to know. Um, and if if and when possible, I'll come on Philip's uh, prophecy zone and repent before the public with uh, what I've uh, because the slanderers will not enter the, the kingdom of heaven. So I take that. Extremely seriously, but back to my wife. So uh, she would read when we went through Rick Warren's uh, Purpose Driven Life book. She would just stop every few lines and say simply, "That's not there. Uh, that isn't what it says." And what she meant was that she knew that it wasn't in the Bible. She couldn't necessarily cite the chapter and verse, but yeah. she knew being through it enough times. Uh-huh. Uh, that it wasn't in there, and it has, that and that isn't what it says. Yeah. And sure enough, when we went through and marked everything and looked up the passages, we we found that he was bearing false witness time after time after time. Uh-huh. He used false translations time after time after time, uh, or inaccurate translations. Um, he would get you to sign covenants in spite of Jesus' own warnings. Uh, the swear not, um, unless and then James the apostle James reiterated almost the same words, uh, the same words um, about signing um, and swearing and making these covenants. But Rick Warren has four covenants in his church. Uh, they, and one of them, um, and these loyalty pledges to the leadership. But our leaders, our loyalty should be to the Word of God, not to to a leader. That doesn't mean the measure of submission to leaders. Um, uh, and and in the in these forced tithing covenants, um, they become more and more like Big Brother. In spite of the Apostle Paul saying that everything should be done, all giving should be done cheerfully uh-huh. and willingly, and not out of compulsion. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody had bothered to read and know those scriptures, they would know right out of the chute um, that they can't sign these covenants and something's wrong. Uh, mm. uh, and and then we would go through other detailed things, like we'd go through all of his examples in the Bible that he described that when God worked, he always used 40 days. And so we went through and looked and examined the 40 days. So I went through in my first book, 
went through and I compared all those. And, and a number of other scholars did. There's at least a dozen books now out written by, by uh, pastors and, and lay people and uh, research scholars, uh, Bereans, that have uh, and, and pretty much come uh, to the same conclusions uh, about Rick Warren's teachings. But it's, it's one thing to just say somebody is a false teacher. You gotta you better be able to back that up. Uh, and so, uh, ours, I had enough, uh, at least 25 different people and uh, uh, friends of mine that are pastors, they're different uh, scholars, some that are ex- experts in certain fields, that, that went over the, my manuscripts uh-huh. to, to ensure the accuracy. Uh, and that if I and I took uh, bearing false witness very very seriously before the the book was published, and my publisher Southwest Radio, that's uh, Dr. Noah Hutchings, yeah. head of, um, uh, he when the, the way they got my first book was I just sent them the, my research to equip them uh, mm-hmm. with no intent to publish a book, be on the radio or anything, and they wrote back and they said, well, we we're getting emails and letters, complaints all over the country of their of people complaining that their churches have been hijacked. Um, by this movement, uh, and so we can really use this research. Would you be interested in, in having us publish uh, your book to uh, confront and re- rebuke and, uh, and expose these teachings? So um, I, I agreed to it, and we prayed about it and felt a piece about it, so away it went, and they went through several printings of it, and then that led to the, the, the next book on the, the peace plan, but... Uh, uh, one of the more, other more troubling things about uh, what was going on is the uh, they would require you to take what they call this shape uh, profiling, and, and one of the letters in the, in the shape word is stands for personality profiling, and what they use. They use different templates, but one of the more famous are the Myers-Briggs. Uh, DISC is another one. Uh, and they're fundamentally, the root system is based on uh, the principles of this world. It's built on the cult. Uh, it's built on Greek mythology. It's built on Chinese yin and yang. It's built on Carl Jung's occult that he drew from a spirit guide named Philemon. But what they're effectively doing is they're not only teaching magic arts uh, in the churches and then ultimately take over whole denominations, uh, they compel you to take these profiles in order to become members. So as I thought, they haven't stumbled, the least of these my children is not bad enough to teach false teaching. They go in and compel you to take these, 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 uh, these tests and in order to become a member of their church. And so the reason I do this, and, and people ask all the time, well, why don't you talk about, why don't you write about other subjects? Well, I have written about other subjects, but in terms of the main person that I've addressed in my books, uh, there is, is, is the reason I do that is because if you have a, a lot of other books and teachers that are out there, they could come to your church, and you could have even the Da Vinci Code, for example, could could be a, a book your church 
or Sunday school decides they're going to read this book and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as bad as it as that book is, and it became a number one bestseller, uh, uh, and it you know what it's about, and you probably talked about it on your show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that book doesn't take over your church. It doesn't uh, completely transform your church from yeah. being a New Testament church into some uh, uh, mystical, emerging, uh, trans, uh, purpose-driven church, completely changing it. Uh, yeah. uh, as bad as it is, and as many as it's sold. Uh, uh-huh. But Rick Warren's uh, template does, in fact, come in and take over not just your your, your local church, uh, but your whole denomination. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm talking just as we speak to uh, an attorney, uh, I advisor to him, who is defending a, uh, a Christian Missionary Alliance church in, uh, in New Jersey, um, that the district has come in to, and, and they gave them notice that they're going to seize their property mm-hmm. and their bank account, their assets, and ask yeah. them to, to turn their keys in. Yeah. And the Christian Missionary Alliance uh, has done this to a number of churches around the country, and I've written about that um, before. And they're doing the same thing. Assemblies of God is doing the same thing. And both of those denominations, and they're not the only two, but they're two of the major ones that have completely been joined at the hip with, with Rick Warren, his books, his templates, his programs. And so um, they are just today got a court date to defend themselves uh, against these hoodlums. Yeah. Um, and, and and I don't know a better way. I think I could, there might be one other term I could describe them. It would be the uh, term that's used in the Bible would be scoundrels. Yeah. Um, and I would not want to be standing in their shoes when they stand before the Lord, when he oh, asks no. them, why did you... Steal my sheep. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm rather passionate about it, and 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 I feel like I have no choice to do it. Uh, you know, it says in John is that you see your brother in need, um, but you shut up your bowels of compassion toward him. How dwelleth the love of God in you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you wondered how your original question, Philip, how did these people get so much power and how they do all this? Um, yeah. They did it because the people love it. Yeah, and they should have it so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You stated it well. And were they to resist it, and were they to be a good Berean and test the spirits to see if they be of God, examine the scriptures to see if these be these things be true, they would discover that no, they're not true. They need to be marked, exposed, and expelled. Um, yeah. they, then they never would have got uh, to become these. These uh, uh, people that sell 30 million books and, and steal your churches. Yeah. What about Robert Schuller? What does he uh, play? Uh, what, what is his doctrine? Is it close to uh, Rick Warren's, or he ha- he's a whole different outfit? Uh, he's he's separate from from Rick Warren, but he helped pave the whole way to uh, you. To the idea of go out and audition those walking in complete darkness and auditioning them to find out what they they would like to have um, felt needs, whatever, uh, and then go ahead and cater to them and then build your whole uh, church program oh. around uh, these surveys. Is that how the secret uh, service, secret secret friendly do it? 
uh, yeah, they, that's what they do too, uh, and, and it was done to a great extent through uh, the Willow Creek model. Um, but Shure has got a whole host of other problems. Um, uh, he was an inspiration to Rick Warren's wife, Kay Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he was one of the more the earlier people that were bringing in uh, uh, emerging church mysticism stuff. Uh, and I have a friend, uh, Warren Smith, who wrote, he actually, I think, wrote the first book uh, posing uh, Rick Warren, but it was written with the idea of the dangers of the new age that were had been per- coming in. And and now he wrote a new book that he just sent me that, uh, and, and, he, and it basically is, uh, the new age in the church, and and, and no one's listening. Uh, yeah. uh, but he, uh, Schuler, uh hoped one of his grandkids uh, would become a Muslim, and he's oh, wow. at at uh, mosques, and so he's a. Um, and now that I guess there uh, that Crystal Cathedral uh, that he was the head of has now become bankrupt. Oh wow. And so I, I would like to, I'd like to think that it's God's judgment, uh, but yeah. I don't know that with certainty. But it, there, there certainly would, uh, he, he, it's not, it's not out of his uh, nature to, to uh, bring out forth judgment, even though he's not bringing forth a judgment that's going to be the great judgments that we'll see yeah. in times. Uh, uh, it, I don't know that it's. You could say that it's a coincidence that right after uh, uh, we, uh, our country, signed some kind of a deal in motion to help Israel be deprived and defrauded of its land, that Katrina happened mm-hmm. uh, on the same mm-hmm. day that the Japanese sent um, a, a notice to to Israel about their position that was against Israel, um, they had the earthquake there on the same yeah. day. Wow. So uh, yeah. I can't prove an absolute connection, but there's a number of examples in the Bible where uh, people uh, tampered with God's chosen people, and, and and God was very very unhappy about that. And as you know, if you go through all the, the Old Testament and the minor ma- major prophets, you will see... Uh, what is in store for all of these that uh, tampered with his people? Yeah. Uh, so uh, those are all coming and haven't happened yet. Uh, you've got ten nations that are Islamic surrounding Israel right now, uh, and you think, well, that Israel doesn't have a chance in, on a human level unless they let the nuclear missiles fly. Uh, yeah. Uh, that they on a conventional battlefield, uh, they don't have a chance. Yeah. Uh, but God has other things in mind. Yeah. Uh, they call that the Samson option. It's, well, it's you, almost... you can see why I was upset when Rick Warren came out recently ta- uh, having a Muslim uh, physician speak at his, his from his pulpit uh, where uh, he comes out and he, and he touts Muhammad so I, I I had released before a, a document called Islamic Jesus versus Biblical Jesus, and I, it was in a video. But I, I re-released it and made and updated it, and that sort of was the straw that broke the camel's back when he came out touting Muhammad. Hmm. Uh, 
And I talk about that, and, and so it's now posted both on our website, perfectpeaceplan.com, on the, the video section, but it's also on YouTube. You can search it. Just type in Muslim, comma, Jesus, comma, Warren. It'll pop up. Yeah. Top one. And so as bad as things were before, uh, they're worse. So my, my advice to anybody that's out there, uh, whatever's coming into your church, uh, do some digging, find out where the ideas came from that weren't there before, uh, that are that are coming in and permeating into the the church, uh, and then at some point you either have to leave or take a stand. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the Apostle John was was dead serious. First of all, uh, speaking of John, he's the one that we can credit for basically identifying who an Antichrist is. And that is somebody that says that God does not have a son. Yeah. So uh, that's what we have, a, a religion of a billion people that believe that's an Antichrist religion, for, for not because I'm attacking them, but because of the Apostle Paul's own definition of what an Antichrist, the Antichrist is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the, anti, the Antichrist spirit uh, can possibly be just someone sitting on their couch eating bun-buns who... who <laughs> Don't declare anything, but and um, and it's been but, around for two thousand years. Well, yeah, really longer, but really, yeah, sir, yeah, it speaks sir. of it. It, it. it was it was now among us. The Apostle Paul even stated, but but yeah, uh, but you you can't get around uh, the Apostle John's definition of it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I uh, I I notice how a lot of the leaders um, that are in the so-called church world um, who are in error also seem to bring up a lot about the Muslims or, or the, excuse me, not Muslim, but the Islamic faith and protect the Islamic faith. I, like I tell, I was talking to a girl at school and I was telling her she was pretty, she's from Libya and she said her relatives got killed over there, some of her relatives got killed over there and I was just telling her because um, she was telling me that about the United States, all the positives about the United States. I served my country for almost 12 years in the military, and I'm not anti-America, but I, I do point out the fact that 19 hijackers hit the buildings and the buildings came down um, like jello. Uh Just gave her a couple of thoughts, uh, and I did it with compassion, but I did it with a way of letting her know that I still love my country. Uh, I don't despise the, Obama for being president. I just despise his actions. Like Martin Luther King said, uh, you judge somebody by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And uh, in politics and in Congress, there's a lot of people with bad character. But um, getting back, I kind of got off track. Uh, the Muslims to be growing uh, very uh, – I used to think that the Antichrist was going to come from – you know, like somewhere, you know, somewhere in Europe, you know, some small country, or because they call them Little Horn. But as I, as, as days go on, over the last five years, maybe more, maybe ten years, I've come to the conclusion that this guy is of Middle Eastern descent. Um, and it's just the way the the religious leaders of our day seem to be pampering. The Islamic faith. It seems almost to me as if the Shia, what they call it, Shia law, Shia 
I can't even pronounce it, um, seems to be taking uh, a step in 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 reality, and it seems will become law, um, the Islamic way of life. So I don't know if that's if that's the case or not, but it seems to me that Rick Warren, all these guys out there, Rob Bell. All, all these guys out there seem like they're paving the way for some something, and you know what that something is—the the antichrist, because the right. anti the antichrist spirit is everywhere. And uh, like I was saying on saying saying earlier, that if you deny, you can deny Jesus without even denying Jesus. Re- what I mean by that is, you can deny that Jesus exists just by your actions because the Bible te- teaches us that faith without works is dead. So Jesus is saying that you deny, you're denying me by not doing what I say. He who keeps my commandments uh, is my disciple. He who does not keep my commandments is not my disciple. So he's saying that a lady sitting on the couch, what I was saying earlier, a lady sitting on the couch doing nothing is actually denying Jesus. So the Antichrist spirit is any any you can walk out this house I can walk out this house right now, go to the gas station and see some kids hanging out dressed in you know, black with black lipstick on and go to a club. That's Antichrist spirit. You can turn on T V and watch a cartoon that even back when I was a kid, uh Antichrist spirit shows, sitcoms, football, NFL uh, award ceremonies, the Grammys, all of this stuff. The whole civilization is, is antichrist. And the, the scary yeah, thing I is, think a, it, one can describe it in, in in the general sense as in the spirit of the antichrist. Yeah. And then, uh, but then there is also the specific, uh, not only antichrist. one that's an individual that will actually be the antichrist, but I think there's also a specific in the sense of of uh, uh, how how narrowly defined it was in the way John described it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's I true. I think we just need to weigh them all. And the difference between the lady sitting on the couch, though, and Rick Warren is that she's not a danger to the uh, a church, say that I'm attending, that is going to all of a sudden disappear uh, into transformed church that's no longer uh, biblically based on a lot of levels. Uh, or that I'm evicted because, as in the case of a Baptist church, uh, Gardendale down in Texas, um, that they didn't want to go, uh, 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 the, uh, about a third of the church, 180-some, or I can't remember the exact number, but uh, decided uh, that they didn't want to uh, go purpose-driven, so uh, the two-thirds that was left uh, voted them to be dismembered uh, from the church. Uh, and so it became purpose-driven. These people left and ultimately formed their own church. Uh, and I want to say something on the Islam oh, thing. Oh, stand so, by for a second. Sure, Philip. This is really getting on my nerves. Uh, Blog Talk has pop-up ads, and I, I got so many windows open, I can't find the pop-up ads. <laughs> so I apologize. Can you hear that? I can't hear anything except you. Oh, you can't? Okay, keep go ahead and keep talking. I'm sorry, Dan. I thought you can hear this. Okay, no, um, let me see. Uh, go I ahead, gotta, keep talking. It stopped. I'm off in a 
couple okay, minutes. Okay, sorry about that. We, Go ahead. We went, we went way over a 45. I knew that that thing. Same thing happens with uh, Susan Puzio. So uh, that just means good things are going on, right? Uh, but I wanted to say something on the Islam is uh, there. There might be, um, you know, ninety-five or some percent that are peace, peaceful. Uh, but why didn't we call Nazism? Um, it's a peaceful religion. There's just a few nutcases that are that are Nazis. We get the fundamentalist Nazis and the 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 um, the jihadist Nazis or whatever. The ones that. The, those are the ones we need to deal with, but but we got to realize that fundamentally, though, that n- Nazism is a peaceful religion. Um, if what if somebody were to say that back during the Third Reich, what would you think of that person? Crazy. Yeah, they exactly. Actually, back there, back back there, back well, back yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Just a few bad apples, but the rest of the. But fundamentally, the barrel is good. No, the fen- the barrel is fundamentally rotten. Uh, yeah. Also, is when you talk about when pe- the uh, with Muslims are uh, saying that they go on and on about all these peaceful verses in the Quran. Uh, but what you really need to do is look at their eschatology. The eschatology, which is the end, t- what does the religions end times require? Now, I don't care whether you're peaceful or you're a, a, a warrior, jihadist, uh, uh, taking an airplane and flying it into a building, or suicide yeah. bomb, whatever you're doing. Uh, none of them can escape their own eschatology. They're bound by it by their own books, the Quran and the Hadith. And mm-hmm. that's what I went into detail with in the recent uh, Islamic versus Biblical Jesus is that I go and describe the the, the difference be- of the end times, what their eschatology, not what my attacking them saying, but their own eschatology says has to happen in the end times. And the bottom line is that first the Jews, then the, the Christians have to be wiped out, so the whole world will become one global caliphate. Um, mm-hmm. So the ultimate takeover of the world of Islam is required, and lots of people being slaughtered is required. Uh, Whereas Christianity is a is a religion of peace. Now many many uh, crusades and millions of people were killed in the in the name of Jesus, but but they they can't back that up with any scripture or authority from scripture. Whereas uh, the the Hadith and the Quran does back up that that plan. Now Jesus Christ, when he returns, there's going to be slaughter, but it's going to be at his initiation, not uh, if us Christians decided we're going to take out a bunch of people. Um, I wanted to point that out and just thank you for having me as a guest and meeting you. And, of course, another kudo to uh, Susan for uh, introducing us to each other. Yeah, you got a few more minutes? Yeah, I have to eat. Um, and oh. And okay. my throat is going. I, I had this uh, uh, vocal cord issue that came up, oh. and I didn't want to push beyond uh, where I thought okay. I was uh, feeling safe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on. I got kind of excited there for a few minutes because <laughs> well, I kept blubbering on for a minute or two. But, yeah, you you, you got me uh, uh 
robbed up about uh, I didn't know where to go. I was asking God to show me where to go. <laughs> it's just like it's so much that I can cover, we can cover on on this show uh that I could uh, I guess it wasn't enough time. Uh, we'll we'll take an intermission. We'll do another one. We'll just uh, yes, bookmark it. Um, and yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I hope your throat gets better, but hey, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Felvin. The joy knowing may the Lord bless and keep you and, and make his face to shine upon you. You too, my brother. And God bless. God bye bless. Bye. That was a... James Sunquest, great interview. I thank him for coming on the show. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're entering the Prophecy Zone, where truth will be reviled. You're entering the zone where truth is more stranger than fiction. You're entering the zone where you'll find that good is evil, blue is red, black is white, truth alive. You're entering the zone where you'll find that every human is in a race for his or her soul. And truth is more stranger than fiction. Wars, the mark of the beast, Israel, the European superstate, the rapture of the church and more. Don't be afraid to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Matthews 24 um, states the current condition that it would be just before Jesus Christ comes back. Uh, his disciples asked uh, how long would it be until the temple was destroyed because they were obviously enjoying the beauty of the temple as if they didn't know that Jesus created the elements for the temple. But anyway, they were kind of interested and give, letting the master see the temple. So they say, Master, look at this temple. It says, there will not be one stone left. In 70 AD, that happened. Titus and his, his general um, went in and destroyed, and his soldiers went in. To, uh, Titus, the general, went in to destroy the temple. In 70 AD, that happened. Um the um, things that will be happening before Jesus Christ comes, he said to his disciples in verse 4 of Matthew 24, says, Take heed that no one deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying that I am Christ, and so deceive many. And we we just got to talk about Rick Warren and uh, various other teachers, Rob Bell. Uh, and then he goes on, verse 6, And you should hear wars and rumors of wars. Of course, they're also in uh, Luke it talks about re- uh, revolutions, ethnos um, against ethnos. So here it is. If you see that, you be not troubled, for all these uh, must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Um, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Uh, so. What we're seeing on television and what we're seeing in the press today and what is going on in the Middle East and what you hear on the news about Christian churches is all setting the way for Jesus Christ to come back and set up his kingdom. The kingdom 
of our God is not the kingdom of the current world. It is not even close to it. Uh, there is going to Murders, no beatings, no uh, burglaries. Uh, it's coming the ultimate time uh, at the end of the millennium where God will make all things new and they completely would not be in these things. I'm not 100% certain if somebody's not going to steal something in the millennium. But you can bet your bottom dollar is going to be a lot less uh, chance of somebody stealing something and, and, um, and the uh, uh, when he recreates the whole world in, in the millennium. But anyway, uh, when is the book of Ezekiel 38 and 39 where Russia will make an invasion down into the Middle East to destroy Israel? Well, all these things that are taking place now are set in the course. Now, there can come a time where everybody in the world, or, excuse me, everybody in Bible prophecy in the world who believe, who looks at Bible prophecy may have to uh, look at things with a patient view, a patient view, uh, meaning that a lot of things can take place and then all of a sudden things stop again. Things take place, things stop. Things take place, things stop. Or it can come to a part where things start to happen and then out of nowhere, the end times begin. The tribulation period begins. The rapture of the church, which I am deeply a believer that Jesus Christ will come back and get his church first. Um, and believe it or not, there are people out there who will hate my guts for just saying that there is a rapture of the church. Um, so all these things that are taking place now in the news um, with Libya, Egypt, soon to be Syria, soon to be Saudi Arabia, is setting the course for Jesus to come back, the Antichrist to be revealed. We did a couple of shows on who is the Antichrist, and uh, we're going to do a few more in the in the future. But uh, I, I'd like to thank you for um, uh, coming on and listening to the show taking your time out listening to the show. We're going to go ahead and end the show, but God bless everybody out there. And um, uh, y'all have a wonderful day. God bless.
Susan. 